Hi, everybody. Rachel here, just popping in to apologize quickly for not releasing this episode last week like we originally planned. We are running a week behind. So today's episode is The Phase Gamble with Pharrell Dawson. Next week's episode will release as planned. Oh my God. Hi. Busy morning. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Went to the store, took forever, cost me a freaking fortune for just me for a week. It was $192. Yep. Sounds about right. Get, ask me what I'm having for dinner tonight. Cereal. No, ask me. Okay. What are you having for dinner tonight? Nothing. There what do you mean? Nothing. I, oh. <laughs> everything was too, too damn expensive. It is ridiculous i took the kids out yesterday to get dinner mm -hmm. at just like a, it wasn't fast food but it wasn't a restaurant it was like kind of in between yeah i think the total was 65 dollars <gasps> is that I insane was, it's i'm like i can't fucking do it i don't it's not worth it to go out to eat yeah it, ridiculous yeah. that's what restaurants don't understand it's ridiculously expensive to eat out and i don't go out to eat anymore and i wish i could yeah there was a guy in the chip aisle and he was on the phone with somebody and he's like this is ridiculous i do not want to pay 7.99 for a bag of chips mm -hmm. and i look at him and i start laughing i go i agree with you 100 percent." as i grab my bag of doritos and he goes there's yeah. a woman yeah there's a woman in the aisle agreeing with me i go they're probably saying tell her to just shut up and get them probably his pregnant wife that's like get me the fucking chips because i'm craving them <laughs> yeah and he's like well i'm not that rude and i thought well then you're not my people but it's okay yeah it's nuts i'm i go to the regular grocery store and a box of cereal is 9.99 i'm like what is happening right now what this is, is happening nuts. i don't understand but it's like i've been shopping at walmart more because it's a little bit cheaper but then i also hate myself for shopping yeah. at walmart but i'm like i can't fucking afford to shop at the grocery store i think we the need amount to move to another let's move to another country gotta be cheaper somewhere else i don't know if it's cheaper anywhere else but it's just it's nuts but I just and then on top of do what I can. On top of that, I had clipped my coupon, so that pissed me off even more. And then I don't know what is wrong with me, but my blood sugar drops like an hour and a half after I eat breakfast, and I get <laughs> dizzy and disoriented, and I feel like I'm going to black out. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening? I so uh, asked me how many baby. Um, bear claws i ate on the way home oh god those things are good i don't know how many three yeah i could do that too they're really good <laughs> they are really good and i can't wait till we're done recording so i can have lunch no wonder i'm so fucking fat i went and got my yeah. hair colored yesterday and i'm looking in the mirror going oh my god i just am gonna give up i'm just gonna sit i'm gonna give up entirely surround myself with everything i want to indulge in i'm just gonna eat and wait to die <laughs> <laughs> it i mean that actually sounds pretty good like <laughs> <laughs> it does doesn't it i jesus i'm tired of the struggle that does not pay off at all i went and had that micro needling thing done mm -hmm. fucking ridiculous did not do a goddamn thing and then i watched the amy schumer did you watch the amy schumer special on netflix 
that came out yes. a couple weeks ago. Did you remember the part where she was talking about how she went and had her face burned off with micro <laughs> abrasion and paid $3,000, which is what I paid. Oh and my God, she said, ridiculous. it looks like nothing. It looks entirely the same so that you could look entirely the same. I'm like, that's it. I'm never doing it again. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. That'll buy a lot of Doritos and bear claws. Yes. I got to prioritize now because since I've given up the fight, just reallocate the expenses. Remember, I want to be cremated with a Morton salt container and a bag of Doritos. <laughs> I don't know if they can throw food in the incinerator but i'll see i'll try oh no i want a viking put me on a float and shoot some arrows at me at okay. flame. all <laughs> right me, thank you yeah. all right katniss everdeen let me start taking some archery classes <laughs> <laughs> yes please do i was actually um, reading some an article online where some guy actually got busted his the his father used to take their them when they were children to this lake all the time and that's what its father wanted and so all the kids went they pushed him out in the lake and of course the guy comes park rangers like what the fuck are you doing they're like that's what my father wanted he's like oh those children love their dad yeah a lot little lawbreakers well i hope i raise one too or else i've always got claire because she's a little devious (laughs) get her to yeah, every other generation. Push you out to sea and, yeah, set you on fire. Okay. Actually, yeah, maybe it's skipped a generation. Yeah, well, no, she's a little too good. When I picked her up at school that day and said, do you want to go to Baja and party with me? Just don't <laughs> tell your mother. She rolled her eyes and looked out the window. I go, you're no fun, but okay. <laughs> yeah, she does actually graduate from her police academy program in two days. So she is pretty oh, good. exciting. It is exciting. She gets to take pictures with the mayor and the chief of police. And oh my gosh, it's really? a whole ceremony. So yeah, we're going to do that on Monday night. God, and I was such a hood growing up. I don't understand between you and her. What the hell? I don't get it. Maybe, she, maybe she her enjoyed, children. Oh, okay. Her children. They'll just skip two <laughs> generations. Yeah, that's all right. I'll, I can wait. All right. So like anything else exciting before we get into this? All right. I have the thing where I got up this morning, I drank coffee, and then about an hour after I finished drinking my coffee, I was fucking exhausted. I'm like, why am yeah. I so tired? Thank I just you. Drank, now I'm drinking an iced coffee. Like, what is going on? Maybe I should drink yep. some water, but no, I refuse. I'm just going to keep shoveling the coffee in until it works. It doesn't work. One, one of the women in my group was telling me, she goes, I, I go, coffee has no effect on me anymore. I could drink a gigantic 16 ounces of iced coffee and go lay down and take a nap. And she said she was the same way. And she's even tried the nitro she goes did absolutely nothing to me she she said then i i tried energy drinks i go i'm a little nervous to try those i said i'll go back to coke before i do anything with an energy drink and she goes i hear yeah so yeah i will date myself and say that i am still a fan of vodka red bulls (laughs) so if i'm gonna drink an energy drink i want some alcohol in it (laughs) oh yeah uh i would think that just kind of fucks you up and then you're yeah, I don't understand how those two juxtapositions work to give you a good high. Well, because drinking makes me tired, and then if I put the Red Bull, it will counteract the tiredness, but I'll still get the drunk feeling. Okay, I wish so. I could drink. Damn it. Drugs it is. <laughs> <laughs> 
So it's been a long time. So I'm afraid since I read this book. So it's going to be interesting when we go through this. It's been a really long time for me also. But then on the flip side, I have not even started our next book for the podcast. So I need to start that today. (laughs) It'll only take you an hour. So I don't know what you're stressing about. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. I'm going to introduce the book this time. How's that for a change? I'm going to mute myself so I can drink coffee while you do that. (laughs) Okay, go right ahead. Okay. Today, today we are going to discuss the phase gamble, a paranormal academia romance, and it's off. It's I think it's book one in the Office of the Highland Magic, and it's by a Feral Dawson, who I have not read before. So I'm always interested in starting a new author and seeing what their writing style is like. Are you done drinking, or are you? Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm back. This is book one in that series, and I have not read this author before either. And I, as we know, and as we can tell from the books we've read for this series, we're big fans of finding new authors and reading indies and kind of venturing out from the usual suspects. So it's always a good time. Yeah, I don't and I don't see how you can read the same people over and over again and talk about them. I mean, I could see how you would want to read because we do have authors that we read a lot of their books, right? Like T.S. Joyce or Oh my God, Rita yeah. Dixon. Mm-hmm. But we'd have to have a podcast just dedicated to their books if we wanted to cover just that author. There's so many books that they do. Well, that's it exactly. I mean, I there's a lot of times where I'm like, oh, I wish we could talk about this book on the podcast, but we had already discussed that author's books previously, and I feel like we need to because everybody's hanging on our every word to see who's the next new thing. And that's our job. I feel like we have an obligation to kind of look at other authors. We're like the disciples who are going door to door and presenting you with a plethora <laughs> of options. <laughs> oh, God. Yes. Oh, Which my God. Which altar do you want to worship at? <laughs> mm, no yeah. kidding, huh? Yeah, I know what author... author altar i want to worship at because i just joined a couple of new facebook groups and one of them Uh is the fairy did you see the dress i sent you for the fairy wedding on facebook that was in that group well because if i'm not a member of that group i can't see their posts so if sometimes you send me a group i'm not i can't see the thing so okay well it It's called Magical Books of the Silver Elves. The garments on here, I wish I still had the body to wear these clothes because I'd be wearing this to to Claire's party next week if I... (laughs) If you could. (laughs) If I could fit into this dress. Yes, it's absolutely amazing to me. So yeah, check it out. Okay, I'll look it up. Okay, so go ahead. I kind of knew right away that I was going to like this book just from reading the dedication. And I'll go ahead the dedication and read it. was for anyone whose first crush was a Lord of the Rings character. I'm like, <laughs> girl, whose wasn't? Because there was plenty of options. No kidding. Mine was the elfin guy. What's his name? Oh, damn it. Uh, Vigo Mortensen? Yes. Guy, that actor? I love him anyway. Yes. He is a really good actor. Yeah, there's so many great options. There was him. There was Orlando Bloom. Even mm-hmm. looking back on it and Sean, can't think of his last name, Cobb, McCobb, damn it. The guy that 
was also in Game of Thrones and he died in the first season. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, Bean? Sean Bean, maybe? Anyway, so many good options. And it was just so, at the time, it still is, but it was so amazing to look at the visuals there and everything that went into it. Even like Liv Tyler's character, I can like remember oh her vividly. Yes, and beautiful. All her scenes, just like beautiful, so romantic. Them and speaking. Who was the of other it. one? Oh, God. Who was the woman? Kate Blanchett. Mm, was that her name? No. Was it Kate? Oh, yes, it was her. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. I, that, that was my first female crush. But I read those books in 1973. I still haven't read those books, but I do love yeah, them. Yeah, your mind. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> the book is okay. always better than the movie, right? I know, but I found the books hard to read because he invented his own language. So it's really hard for me to follow things that I'm reading that are not strictly in English. But you're every book we read, people are inventing their they're all taking a pardon the pun, a page out of his book and creating their own language now. It's true, but this is not nearly as much as his, he literally invented like an entire language. So that is well, so much more okay. extreme to me. It, it, I just maybe if I tried it now, being older, I could follow it better. That's what than I, I mean. Did now, when I tried to read it. Yeah. I mean, now that you've been inundated with all these other languages, it will probably be like nothing to you. But yeah, he wasn't, yeah. All right, back on topic yet again. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. So um, the prologue starts out in the setting of the Scottish Highlands. Mm -hmm. And it has been 300 years since magic was in the world. And there was a battle during which a Pictish witch hid Scotland's magic. I didn't look that word up, but it must be a culture or a race of people because it was capitalized throughout the book. So, yeah, right. And then it says that she was trying to hide it from the English that they were currently at war with, but her magic worked a little too well because she ended up hiding it from all of Scotland. And it says that nobody had been home since 1746, and now they need to find a curse breaker. So that's all the events that happened in the prologue. Yeah, because on top of her hiding all of the magic, she died during the fight so she's she can't undo what she did so now they're trapped all right so i'm not gonna say this city correctly now while we're in scotland ever i've just accepted it but (laughs) i'll say it i'll say it chapter one where she arrives (laughs) okay so chapter one starts with our main female character her name is Fern and she's arriving in Edinburgh in a bad mood because she had been stuck in the airport for two hours before taking off, which is nothing because somebody just told me at that club meeting they were stuck for eight hours trying to leave out of the airport that we're leaving out of. Yeah, well, a lot of flights are getting canceled because United Airlines is having all those issues. Plus, it was the holiday. So, yeah, I don't think United issues are going to get 
resolved anytime soon because theirs is like staffing issues, I think. Well, if people would pay people a decent wage, but okay. Yeah, true. Okay, so she also has just arrived there from New York. So not only was she in the airport for a long time, but she had that long flight and everything. And she also doesn't want to be there because her parents died in this city from a car crash about 14 years ago. So it's kind of bringing up a lot of bad memories for her. And And she took over, I can't say her sister's name, but she became became the sole guardian for her younger brother and sister and her brother's name is finley so her sister's name is swarsa oh swarsa i can say that but i can't say edinburgh so edinburgh <laughs> edinburgh Edin- Edinburgh. Yes. You have to add an extra syllable in there at the end. Okay. Just go uh at the end. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, she has been taking care of her two younger siblings for the last 14 years, but now at this point in time, she is trying to get her doctorate and finally kind of do some stuff for herself now that everyone's older. She's mm-hmm. 32 and She's now coming to the city because this is where her schooling is taking her. She was accepted to the anthropological department at the University of Edinburgh. And there you to go. The Office of Magic. <laughs> no, the Office of Highland <laughs> Magic. Heeland. Heeland. Yes, exactly. So as long as we only have to say those two words while we're there, we're good. But go ahead. Heeland Coo. Heeland Coo. I sent you a Heeland Coo. Link. I saw it. I saw it. <laughs> I won't send you any more, okay? Jesus. They're they are adorable. really cute. but I, They I just... are cute. Okay, <laughs> done. Anyways, so she's barely off this airplane when she meets somebody named Mara, who is Dr. Welsh's assistant, and Dr. Welsh is the department head. And I loved the sign on his office door because it says established 1952. And as soon as I saw that, I'm like, that's when he was established, not when the department was established. Right. And his first name is Calum. Calum? Mm -hmm. Calum? Something like that. And I have this quote I want to read from the first time she hears his voice. Okay. <laughs> um, he says, Miss Parker, a rich baritone voice flooded the hallway from behind them. Fern frozen, went weak in the knees without even seeing whomever the voice belonged to. Her stomach flipped and her thighs clenched together of their own accord. There was a subtle command in that tone and Fern was both shocked and appalled at her own instantaneous reaction to it she didn't dare turn around and that's a good voice yeah (laughs) and then she's like if there is a fucking god please do not tell me that that is and then mara's all dr welch she's like god yeah i highlighted that too because i thought the same thing uh she is instantly hot for teacher who can blame her not me she also realizes (laughs) really quickly that he's not human this was kind of surprising to me because in chapter three she already realizes that something about him's not human and i I didn't think that it was going to be one of those books where magic already existed in the world. So I guess she's already met a couple magical groups of people, but those people are out in the open and well known. But I thought 
yeah, didn't they explain that at the beginning? I'm like, oh, magic is out in the world. Not everybody, but... Yeah, I thought this was going to be one of those stories where she comes to Scotland, she knows nothing about actual oh. magic, even though she studies magic, mm-hmm. and she's going to have this... You know, there's like that learning curve that they usually make the female main characters go through. Correct, and I was yeah. pleasantly surprised like that she didn't have to do that. Yes. Mm, okay, and then she ends up passing out because she's so shocked by realizing he's not human or she's so overwhelmed or something. And I loved that when she comes to, there's this gigantic mm-hmm. man offering her biscuits yeah. <laughs> named <laughs> Emmett. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. Anytime, I'll take a biscuit. Emmett is obsessed with Walker's biscuits, which aren't really a thing here in America, but they must be really popular in the UK because yeah, he because- eats them nonstop. Yes, and he, he totally freaks her out. She sits up right away and goes, what the fuck? What kind of department is this? Well, yeah, he's also like six and a half feet tall and gigantic. Right! Yes. Uh, She's like, how fucking tall are you? He's all six feet, six inches, I think, give uh, or take. So, oh yeah, so she had researched elves and Dijins, but she didn't think that the Office of Healand Magic was a literal Office of Magic, but now she knows. Yeah. And I also like her freak out is sort of short-lived when she realizes that she can still actually get her doctorate while she's there, and that this whole trip and this whole situation isn't a complete sham, because that's another thing that freaks her out. She's finally doing something for herself, and she's like fuck now i'm not actually going to be able to get my doctorate because this is some fake program but it's not so she can still do her studies while she's there and i think the last surprise for her at least towards this portion of the book is that she's actually the only human on the staff in the entire department yeah that would be a little weird but i would be obsessed with seeing what these people could do Mm -hmm. i would be obsessed with emmett but just saying I'll take Colin. So, okay. Yeah. Good. So then we're not having to share our fight over somebody. No, so nice for a change. Mara is something called a Babon Sith, which is. I, yeah, new to I, me. Yeah, me too. She's a fairy, but she's also a succubus and a vampire. Maybe this is a real thing. I just haven't heard of it before. And then Emmett is a wolver, which is basically a werewolf. And his old nickname is Lord of the Massacre. And like we said, he's six and a half feet tall. And then my next note is, why am I like this that I'm instantly all about him? (laughs) (laughs) Because he's a huge dude that's six and a half feet tall. And he carries biscuits. Yeah, he's all about the massacre and the snacks. That's all you need, right? Right. Yeah, and they say that this type, he can... Uh, shift into different forms he can shift into a man a wolf and she's kind of surprised by that and so she starts asking him about (laughs) about well if you have offsprings does that mean they wouldn't be full-blooded and i think he tells her no they would still be what the wolver yeah yeah she asks good questions i think because she is Mm -hmm. well educated and she's you know here for this doctorate and so she does have good questions and i really like how a lot of this information gets revealed to her early on in the book we're not waiting the whole time where she's the only person in the dark and doesn't know what's happening through the whole book because that's one of the things i really dislike about books sometimes yeah this was very different and i liked it too because it was different and they fill her in right away 
They didn't, she didn't have to discover things on her own. They're like, let's just tell you what's happening here. Mara is really good about just being very direct with her, which is great. Mm -hmm. So Mara and Emmett tell her about the battle of Culloden and how during that battle, the spell bound all the magic that was there. And then she asks some more questions, but then they're like, well, you need to talk to Callum about that. Later that night, it's funny because she's basically trying to sleep and he arrives at her house in the middle of the night and just gives her a book to answer some of her questions that he knows she is going to have. He's super cryptic, but he just just like gives it to her and says, read this and tell me when you're done. And it turns out the book is his personal journey that pretty much details the last 300 years. It was sad. And what was happening during the uh, the battle? And it, she yep. realizes, oh my God, this is really his life story. So who, who could ever go to sleep if you had this in your fingertips? You'd have to read it. And she does. Yeah, she just reads yes. it right away. Mm-hmm. It was a cool figure out what had happened in more depth of the event from the prologue and it kind of catches you up from that until now and what they've been going through yes and And she that's the first time she when she's touching the book that she feels magic traveling up her arm that was cool Mm -hmm. and she also realizes that he is actually a fey prince surprise again (laughs) he and he also had a sister named cora that he loved very much and she married a man named i have no idea how to say this name Yonin? I don't I don't either. It's like E O I R N or something. Yeah, E O I N. It's too many uh, vowels for me. But anyway, this man is the unseelie king and he believes that her death she was murdered by this guy. And he wants revenge for the this death is- of his sister. Yeah, this is the standard. Callum mm-hmm. and his family are the Sully, Faye, the mm-hmm. prince that the sister married was the Unsully. So they're already opposites. And of course, it goes horribly wrong. So that's basically what started the war in the first place. So she does spend all night reading that book and then she goes straight back to him to return it and ask him more questions. And at this point, this is what he tells her. He says, you're here because you're one of Guire's last living descendants. And that's that pick dish witch that did this spell in the first place. Double, triple surprise. Fern is actually a witch herself. Yeah, that was really exciting. And she thinks you're crazy. I'm not a witch. He's like, oh, yeah, you are. Okay, but then this was really funny because Fern asks him if it is magic that has drawn her to him since she arrived. And he doesn't really know how to respond. And all he says is, it's not, not magic. <laughs> like real smooth their mate boy because yes. he's already feeling a bond with her and she doesn't know what's happening right so of course all this information is making her start to spiral and panic and he does the whole thing that would only ever work in a romance novel he kisses her to get her out of her panic i, I wouldn't work for me <laughs> right now i don't like, think this would doing? ever work in real life yes there's it no must way be- One hell of a magical kiss is all I've got to say. Literally magical because this wouldn't work for any of us. Right. She does ask him what happens if the curse isn't, if the curse isn't broken and it's not good. They're all going to 
never be able to get their magic back. Yeah, so this is the part that really freaks her out because she's realizing that she's there because she needs to help them break the curse. And if she doesn't, then it's going to have really bad consequences. So she does run out of the office, even though he tried to calm her down with that kiss. I have to read this highlight from the chapter, though, because this was funny and because I am obsessed with gray sweatpants. (laughs) <laughs> go ahead she thinks whoever had claimed that gray sweatpants were god's gift to women had never seen a pair of well-tailored chinos <laughs> <laughs> yeah i instantly thought of you uh-huh I, of course i had to highlight that that was funny Mm-hmm. yes and w- when she runs out of the finding out she's a witch and everything she ends up meeting with her brother finley at a bar called the library bar and he's you know in some scottish professional league a football league i just imagine him being super hot he is super hot i think he's also like six foot plus he's a Mm -hmm. you know we call it soccer here but he's over there he's a footballer but i did like in this chapter I think it's the same chapter when she meets her brother, her reasons for being overwhelmed. And she thinks, I'm tired of handling things. Ever since I was 18, I've been handling things. This was supposed to be my opportunity to do something for myself. And on the very first day, I found out that I was brought here under false pretenses. There's many reasons to be overwhelmed at this point, if you're her. Yes, totally. Oh, I think she says that when she's having a conversation with Callum, because then she tells him, that she can't do it and he says that he understands and will still oversee her in her doctorate program yeah doesn't she go home after seeing her brother and he's in her apartment and she's like what are you doing in my apartment he's like i just wanted to make sure you're okay she's like you can't do this she tells him i i can't do it and he's yeah he's gonna be he says he's understanding but he's hoping she will change her mind well and he's sad because that's his mate but she of course doesn't know that well that's not the only reason he's sad he's also sad because she's their last chance at magic at saving his people since Mm -hmm. he's the prince and i was thinking if this were me i don't know i i don't know if it's a generational thing i don't know what it is but in my mind i'm like well sacrificing one for the good of the man is always what you have to do you i mean i wouldn't think you'd even have to say no but you know it's all because i'm not i don't know does he tell her it's dangerous i didn't see where he even tells her in the book you know it's really scary this is the bad thing that can happen it's like why won't you even try i didn't understand that part it doesn't go into a bunch of detail and he really doesn't spend that much time trying to convince her to give it a I go know. and i think he just tries to play the long game and be patient with her mm-hmm, and he mm-hmm. hopes that she'll change her mind but then at the same time it's like you don't really have time to do that because you're slowly leaking magic and you don't know when that clock ends for you. So he's more patient than I would be. That's for damn sure. Yeah. And I just feel like I would instantly have to say, okay, fine, I'll help you because no one person is that important. At least that's my grandiose ideas of myself. I mean, push comes to shove. I I don't know what I would do, but in my mind, I like to think that I'd be like, of course, I'm going to help you. There's all these people that need my help. I'm too empathic. I think that's the problem. Yes, that is a a curse, but Mm -hmm. it's also, we need people like that. So (laughs) it's true. You need empathic people. 
Just like Mr. Mm-hmm. Rogers' mother said, look for the good people in a yeah. crowd. And I thought, you know what? That His mother was so wise because there's a lot of times I'm freaking out and I think there's good people in the crowd. If something goes down, there's going to be somebody to help. Uh, yeah, it's true. Yeah, and that person has been me on more than one occasion. So I'd like to think, you know, there's somebody out there that's as stupid as I am that would help me. (laughs) (laughs) That's one way to put it. (laughs) Yes. I just wanted to read a quote, something that was like sad for him, because this always makes me sad in books. It says, Caleb had been waiting for his mate his entire life and waiting for a curse breaker for almost 300 years. Now they were both here in one person and she had rejected him. Yes. It was very sad, but it's fine. Everything's going to be fine. Yes. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear God. So So the next thing is him talking to Emmett in the library. Well, yeah, because he, you know, Emmett is really close with him and he's like, she doesn't know that she's my mate. I can't Mm -hmm. tell her she's already overwhelmed enough. I'm just gonna, you know, give up. Woe is me. I'm sorry I still failed you again because he blames himself for everything in terms of the curse. He says, I want you to oversee her schooling because i'm going to be avoiding her because that's always worked for faded mates before so sure right. he can just you know go about his grand plan of staying out of her way and emmett's just kind of like you're an idiot but sure you're my prince so i'll do what you say right and when she walks into the library that's when all the magical creatures have dropped their glamours and she sees everybody there there's brownies and sprites that are working in the library and putting the books away. There's all kinds of magical people there. It's pretty cool. It's very cool. So now a few weeks pass where she's taking classes. Caleb's avoiding her and life is sort of getting back to normal. But then she, of course, this was kind of what Caleb was hoping would happen. She gets an idea of how to help with the curse without even trying. It just kind of falls into her lap one day. Yeah, this was interesting. Okay, so her idea that she wants to try or tell Calum is that if they are able to catch a Ben Nye, then you can ask it a question because it has to give you any knowledge that you desire. So she thinks they should trap one of these things and ask it how to break the curse. Yeah, but you have to be really careful because they can predict your death. So it's interesting to me. She poses as a washerwoman washing clothes down by the river. And if she's washing your clothes, it means you're the next person that's going to die. So it's very dangerous for her to do this with him. Yeah, so she does the clothes washing. He is in the bushes, basically. (laughs) Yeah, I thought this was a good plan. Yeah, he is able to catch that washerwoman ghost spirit thing, the Ben Nye. But when he tackles the creature, they both go into the water. And then he's under there, I think, for a really long time because she starts to freak out. But she's able to call him back. And again, she doesn't know. Do you think it's because they're mates? I think so, because she just screams his name really loud and it, like, rescues him, basically. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. So I... I think because she has some sort of like connection with him, she's able to be like, you can't fucking have him evil Ben Knight creature. He's mine. Yeah. That's what basically. I think. Okay. So they do run away from that evil washerwoman spirit and go straight into a church. And- yeah, this was interesting. <laughs> I mean, this was pretty hot, actually. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was. But I'm like, oh, my God, you're in a church. And there's 
a hell of a storm going on outside. They're running out of the forest and trying to find protection in the church. So they do have sex in that church. (laughs) Yes, they do. I really liked his dirty talk. I don't know if it's because he's a 300-year-old, well-read academic, but it was just working for me. (laughs) Yeah, I highlighted this, and he's like, stand up and take your clothes off. And he says, promise to obey me, didn't you? And he, he says it again, take off your clothes. And then it says, I highlighted this, each movement he took was slow and calculated, causing Fern's breath to get caught in her chest. Before Fern could react, he spun her around and bent her over the pew. His body covered her entirely, and she cried out at the delicious feeling of his hot skin. And I thought, hot. that would hurt. Hot, yes, but oh my God, pews are not that thick. That would hurt. <laughs> Uh, worth it (laughs) yeah and he tells her i can't be gentle you know not after waiting for you this long and she just starts saying take me callum and he's all say it again and yeah they both have some good yeah they both have some really dirty talk um i have no complaints about that whole scene and (laughs) yeah yeah me either Neither. Yeah. I don't care if it is a church. And I'm just grateful it's there's a horrible storm out because that means no one's going to come interrupt them. Yes. And she still doesn't know that he's her mate. And doing this doesn't solidify their mate bond. Um, but she is feeling more and more of that magical pull towards him. And then this was hilarious in the fact that even a very smart hundreds of year old <laughs> Faye professor is still a uh. dumb ass man. Because he decides his new strategy is I'm not going to tell her straight away that we are mates because I don't want her to flip out and really freak out like she did before. I'm just going to give her a bunch of books to read and hope that she can figure it out on her own. I'm like, why are men so smart, but also so fucking dumb? Yeah, they are. And he, (laughs) he goes to the library to get the books and he's talking to somebody. And again, I can't say her name, but it's A-O-I-F-E. Afi, I think. Yes. And he pulls out a list. She works at the library. And he's like, I need these books. He's such an idiot. And the books are all about the mating ritual. Yes. uh, Marital customs. uh, Royal lineage and marriage history of Celtic fairies. I wouldn't put two and two. They're very specific. (laughs) Yes. But I, I certainly wouldn't put two and two together. I'm a little slow in the uptake here. Yeah, well, I mean, she is going through her doctorate program, so she should get this. But just like, oh, God, this is such a boy thing to do. Just fucking tell her, but okay. Oh, my and, God. And w- what he did to her with the in his office, I'm like, holy fuck. Is this when she starts to go through her mating frenzy, but she doesn't yeah. realize that's what's happening? Yes. This was really hot. <laughs> okay i don't know if we're gonna leave it for people to read or if we're actually gonna talk about it oh i don't have anything really highlighted from this section my notes are just that she goes into a mating frenzy but she doesn't realize that's what is happening he of Mm -hmm. course doesn't tell her what's happening but he does assist her through her frenzy with some good deep dicking Mm -hmm. and there was quite a bit of these hot for teacher fantasies that were happening. I'm like, holy crap. That's the first time I've ever read that in the book. 
a book, I should say. Okay. It's kind of good. You're getting the taboo thing of the church. Now you're getting the taboo thing of the hot for teacher. <laughs> yeah. So covering a lot of bases here. When does he tell her she's his mate? Okay, so he, that's my next note, actually. He okay. doesn't tell her. Later on, she is with Mara talking about all this stuff. And because oh, that's right. Mara is the no shit, no beating around the bush type of person, she mm -hmm. just flat out tells her, you're his mate. And Fern's like, well, why isn't he telling me if that's true? Like, is he upset because I'm not a fae? Or like, why is he giving me these books, but he won't tell me? So Mara actually tells her, I promise he was afraid to tell you and feel rejection again, especially from his mate. He likely didn't want to surprise you with more information and make you feel cornered again. So yeah. thank God for Mara. She's fantastic. Yeah. And she just tells her, go to him now. Go. And she's like, okay. And she just starts running towards his townhouse. I'm like, please yeah. don't let anybody intercept her please don't let anybody intercept her that's all i could think of if someone <laughs> stops her as she's finally running to him i'm gonna be so mad this i liked also because a lot of times in this book when stuff does happen it gets resolved very quickly mm -hmm. because she does go straight to him to confront him about this mate bond and his concealment of what's going on and they do end up solidifying their mate bond and as soon as they're done doing that it basically says all hell breaks loose yes so for a couple pages you're like well what the fuck happened and what actually has happened once their mate bond is solidified is that the magic has been unleashed back into Scotland. I love that and that's what it took. I know. My note is that is some powerful fucking. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, boy, you can say that again. Even she feels her magic rising up in her. My highlight from this is accepting the mate no, accepting the mating bond must have had something to do with it, but I can't be sure. I don't know if it only affected us, meaning the two of them, mm -hmm. or if it broke the curse for everyone. We need to go find out. They know that something happened immediately because he gets all of his fey powers back and yeah, he, he instantly looks a lot younger. His injuries are healed, etc. He's huge. Huge. Mm -hmm. Taller. His shoulders are wider. His features are sharper okay speaking of people being huge even emmett is affected and i just know i'm gonna want to read his book because of this description yeah go ahead it says emmett looked like a berserker from a healand clan mm -hmm. he stood nearly at seven feet tall and his beard and hair were both longer he was now wearing a kilt and fern knew enough from her studies to recognize when someone was dressed for war yeah I also really liked that Caleb had an injury in his knee or his leg, I believe, because he Correct. walked with the cane. Mm -hmm. And once he gets his magic back, his injuries are healed. And so his cane actually turns back into his broadsword, which was yeah. kind of cool. It was very cool. And they end up running to the library to see that other people all the other beings in the library have also gotten their magic back so it did work and they're celebrating mm -hmm. and having a, a really good time saying can you believe this is happening and mars like guided but saying it's kind of like a massive orgy and that's <laughs> when 
Yeah. And that's when Emmett comes in and says something's going down. Yeah. I only have a couple sentences for the end of the book. That's fine. Because they do have to have that battle with Callum's brother or his brother-in-law. And there was a plot twist at the end where someone reveals themselves to be somebody other than who they were pretending to be. Yeah, that was and exciting. Yeah, that was kind of cool. And so they do have like this quick battle and everything kind of ends well. And then there is an epilogue. My only note about the epilogue was that it did not have babies in it. And I thought it was sweet. Yeah. <laughs> I almost break out in a sweat every time there is an epilogue now because I'm afraid there's going to be a baby surprise, an oops baby, and you're not going to be happy. So I was very pleasantly surprised. That's not the thing that bugs me about babies in books. I mean, they bug me for different reasons. My problem with having babies in the epilogue is I don't like the idea that you can only be happy and have your happily ever after because you have children. Like, there's plenty of people oh, out yeah. there who are happy and they don't have kids. Now, the oops baby, as a mm -hmm. trope for books, bothers oh. me for different okay. reasons. Okay. So, the oops baby surprise pregnancy trope is usually, I get knocked up, my boyfriend or whoever, my one night stand finds out, everything works out in the end just because we're having this baby together. That's the thing that bugs me about those books. So, like I said, there's multiple reasons why. <laughs> Well, this is like totally off topic. So if you want to cut this, feel free. But I was reading on Facebook in that women 60 and older group I'm in. And mm -hmm. there was a woman in there that said, I need everybody's opinion. Thank God I'm a strong woman. I can't imagine some of the questions these people ask. And I'm like, what the fuck? You can't make a decision on your own. But this woman had three of her own children two of her children together, she had like eight grandchildren and she's very concerned because her older son does not want children and she's freaking out and bothering him, pressuring him because she thinks he needs to have a child. And I'm like, leave him the fuck alone. You have enough grandchildren. He's got enough yeah. nieces and nephews. He doesn't need to have a child. <sighs> so annoying. It, it, I, yeah, I was really disgusted. I couldn't even be nice. I'm sure I'm going to get blocked out of that group because I, I just cannot believe some of the stuff I read. Well, yeah. some woman was saying, I love this one. She said she was married for, I forget, decades and decades. Her husband left her, cheated on her with a younger woman, left her for the younger woman. Her, her husband died, ended up dying and, you know, she went to the funeral and pay, it played the stoic wife. And it's been eight months and she wants to know if it's too soon to start dating. And I go, too soon to start dating? I would have brought a date to his fucking funeral. What is wrong with you? Yes, so crazy. weird. These old people, as your grandfather used to say, these freaking old people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, oh. back on point. Yeah. So tell me what you would rate this. I really liked this book. It was different. I, there were so many things I liked about it. He sounded, Colm sounded super sexy. I liked the fact that they told her right away about the magical thing. And I liked more. I liked all the side characters. I would probably give this four and a half wet panties. Okay. You and I are like perfectly in sync right now. Cause that's totally what I was thinking for this book. 
Oh, that's hilarious. I've never given anything four and a half wet panties. It's either four or five. You know me. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I really liked it too. I really like thought it was enjoyable. And the other two books are out. So you could read both of those. I think all of these books came out this year also. Book two is Finley and Mara. And then book three is Emmett. And mm, all three I'm, of the books are out. I'm, yeah, I'm going to have to read them. But I I already have so many books in the the queue. Right now I'm reading, um, I started Dar, right? And then I started, I'm or I just finished a book called The Orc's Reluctant Bride. Who is this by? I was just going to say the name of the next book, since you mentioned it already, is Dar by Jennifer Julie Miller. Okay. And then this, The Orc's Reluctant Bride, is by Jessica Grayson. Okay. So if it, there's an orc in it, I fin- I just finished it last night. She has a lot of them, like ones about an elf or a fae or a dragon or a gargoyle, but I didn't really love it, so I'm probably not going to read the next one yeah the books that i've been reading are because of you actually i Man. read stolen by starlight by sarah oh. Ivy hill did you like it i did and then i also read stained by starlight by sarah ivy hill <laughs> so well this is why i haven't started dar yet because i was reading those books so now mm-hmm. I want to keep reading them. There's two more books in that series already, but yeah, mm-hmm. I need to read Dar. So I'm going to read that. And then I think I'll go back to those books because I am really enjoying them. My next book, when I finish what I'm reading now, is the next book in that series. Book two. Okay. Anything else happening today? Mm. Oh, I'm just doing the beach thing. So I should probably. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Take you off better go. They're chomping at the bit. Oh, I'm jealous. Is there a boardwalk by that beach? No, there's not really boardwalks around here. Well, that's a bummer. All right. Yeah. So, okay, we'll have a fabulous time. All right. And I'll text you in a little bit and we'll figure out tomorrow. Sounds perfect. Okay. All right. All right. Bye. Bye, honey. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Bonded Books podcast. You can rate and review us on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Our email is bondedbookspodcast at gmail.com. And check the show notes for a link to all of our social media.